Buenísimo. Here's an intuition meetup that is a midday mindfulness. So here's a sneak peek into midday mindfulness, a brainchild of Rachel, who is on. Say hi. Hello. Bueno. Yesterday during midday mindfulness, we learned from Sarah Hay uh, what co-regulating is. So I will explain it while Rachel and I do it, and then we're going to do a meditation on uh, dollars, on money. Okay. Co-regulating. <sighs> Sit directly opposite a person. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your sacral chakra, and together do some breaths in with the nose, out through the mouth. Ah, if you feel called to. Imagine your heart opening and growing bigger. Then, when ready, rest our hands on the other person's knees, or since we're zooming this, we're looking into each other's eyes. Then you stare into the left eye for three to five minutes and just experience in silence. Allow whatever emotions to come up and flow. And for this recording, we're doing campfire sounds. Two minutes, here we go.
a lot of thoughts went through my mind. One of them that was really pretty was that if, like, her eye looks like a heart or like a half of a heart. All right. Now we're going to visualize how much money we want to make and have. Hang on, can I tell you some of the things that came to, through my mind? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. So uh, first, there's, there's a really special experience to sit with somebody um, who is really calm and self-centered and worthy. It feels good. Feels really good. Uh, it just feels really good. So first of all, thank you for that experience. Second, it uh, reminded me of the. Um, I think we co-regulated in the desert. Remember when we were hugging? Yeah. True. I think we co-regulated. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that experience was like for you. <laughs> Because uh, you knew people were watching. <laughs> I didn't know that we had a whole table of people watching. Um, it's, uh, for me, it was this uh, experience where it was like a desert is alone. It kind of feels, it, it feels magical because it feels like empty and lonely, but also there's so much life that pops up like in little bursts if you pay attention. And so we were standing in this empty, lonely space that had like bursts of life um, and then co-regulating at the same time. It was a really special moment. And um, and then doing it with you right now, which was a good memory of that. Um, and also kind of a, a cool idea to think that there's probably like anything that we learn, there's lots of ways to access it. You know, we, we let's do that hug again the next time Saturn and Jupiter uh, intersect, which will be in like 19 years, but still it's a goal. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. It was good. It was a special moment. And uh, it was like, it was deeply special for me. And I, I feel that it was special for you too. And also it was special for everyone watching. It was a moment. Wow. That's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, so there's co-regulating. Like, we feel with each other, but that's also contagious. It's cool. And we found out that we can co-regulate with a tree. So if I co-regulate with a tree by hugging it, talking to it, vibing with it, then our co-regulate, our vibe is contagious also. I love that being seen and not knowing and being seen because I kind of feel like that's every moment. Like if I am the universe, if everybody's the universe, that means that what I'm feeling is what the whole universe is feeling, which means I'm being not only seen, but felt in like the most intimate way. Authentic way too. Huh? Authentic too. 
you're being seen without knowing that you're being seen, you're being really authentic. That's cool. Very cool. And also reminds me of what Sarah said yesterday about your vibe being your most precious asset or your most valuable asset. Oh, that makes so much sense. That's what I want to share. Yeah, I want to be like a peace bomb. Wow. Peace, joy, acceptance. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had the thought yesterday that forgiveness is love and acceptance. Like when we do tapping, like I love and I completely love and accept myself. I'm like, this feels like forgiveness. (laughs) Yeah, true. Okay. All right. So a lot of what Sarah was talking about was dollars, which is fabulous for me because I even have a hard time saying money. I like to say dollars and cents, but we're getting there. One of the meditations is to visualize how much money we want to make or have. When we want to manifest something, money, my voice cracks when I say the word. Think, why do you want it? Feel into the why. Have a why. It's powerful. In our DNA, there's struggle or worry or energy attached to money. Get curious. Okay, so we'll start there and there's one more section to it later. So how much money we want to make and have, we visualize and feel into it and be curious what feelings are coming up while we are. I liked her example of what does it feel like to sit on the toilet of the house that you're visualizing? Or what does it smell like? So we're going to our our places. And I'm going to read my notes from yesterday because it helps. I mean, like to myself. Can you share them? Sure. Okay. So why I want money. Or since the first question is how much? Goal is to be in the upper tax bracket. See, I'm laughing. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Oh, this is your own stuff that you wrote. Okay, it's okay. Uh, you don't don't have to share. I thought this was like notes from Sarah. If you want me to share mine, I can. That's okay. I think it's good for me to verbalize it. Like really good. Like I didn't know. I okay. thought it was funny until right now. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really safe. I'm really safe. You can okay. dream with. Oh, okay, okay. Goal, be in the upper tax bracket by next year. And that's the one that gets taxed like 10% instead of 30%. But I still have to research, I don't know what that number is exactly. And I don't know since I have combined income, like what that means for my portion. And it's, I don't know how much more my partner is gonna make. So I don't know like, So it's, even then it's an abstract number, but that is a, that's about as defined as I can get. I felt like maybe I can get more defined. 
Okay. Educate myself on cryptocurrency. Well, that's it. Goal is to be in the upper tax bracket by next year. Okay, and then the why? For healing, for travel, for projects, exploration, education, healing, resources, retreats, gifts, mobility, because I trust myself with it, because I want another best friend, that would be money, would be a best friend. I want to liberate the legacy and cultural ideas around money. I want to gamify healing for kids and adults. I want to support my family's ideas and friends. I want to be a brilliant parent to money, give it a nurturing environment, listen, learn from it like a child. I want to realize visions and hire help. I want to purchase what my heart says to purchase. I want to feel confident. I want to give speeches, talks, and seminars, shows, or concerts. Woo! Now your turn. Yeah, good job. And thank you because that uh, opened up that opened up new ways of new ways for me to think too. It's like that thing where if you share your happiness, other people can realize that's a happy thing and then they can have happy. It's a, so thank you for sharing that with me. Mine um, just evolved. <laughs> so I want to do it again. Thank you for sharing yours. But yesterday I, um, I didn't write it down and I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Um, so this is what it was much shorter than yours. It was, uh, I want to make, $120,000 by next year or by next segment of life, whatever time frame that happens. Um, and I want to do that because money is freedom. Um, and freedom allows you to do live in the flow, do the things that feel, um, it also allows me to enhance and support my parents and their freedom and my siblings in their freedom and uh, of course just in like money is freedom that's what it is to me so the more the more money I have the more freedom I, the more free I am as long as I'm a good because I'm a good uh, owner of money steward of money Oh, yeah. Oh, but I like the idea of upper tax bracket. <laughs> I had never considered that. I also never considered, even when I was married, I also never considered my partner's income as my own. So that's an interesting thought uh, and an interesting spin on yours that I, I don't have. Cool. Very cool. Okay, so we're feeling into the why. 
what does it feel like to do our whys, to be a good steward of money and to see our parents' faces? And here's two minutes of music to ponder this. Yeah, uh, money is ease and freedom. How, how? What do you associate lawn work at the Parker House? Is that something you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. or does that feel like a tr- you like it? Yeah, you're psychic. I just evolved my. I even have notes about um, my lawn mowing experience. Okay, mow lawn. Equate energy with attitude and breathing. That's all my, okay, because I was fasting and I was so lethargic that I was like starting the lawnmower was like, I took a break and laid down on the grass in between tries. And then I took another break and laid down. I was just like, whoa. And I was like, I'm maybe a quarter done. And I was just like, and then I kept going and I got a burst of energy and I was like, wow. It is so cool to equate a burst of energy with not food. And there was like mowing the lawn, the part where I'm like, this grass is so beautiful and I love the way it's growing and I'm just chopping it down. But I was listening to a book about trees and it was saying adversity requires creativity. And I was telling everything that I was chopping down. I was like, okay. Okay, this is your cue. (laughs) Be creative. And I was congratulating the ones that were being creative. And I was like, leaving the little bits that were really pretty, like the little bits of grass right next to the tree roots. And there was little bits of grass that were just like photogenic. And I was, and then there was one that's like, I'm pretty. And I was like, are you playing me? And I was like, okay, you're pretty. (laughs) And, uh, then there is other feelings of like 
Oh, after I was done mowing, I just lay down on the grass for over an hour watching the birds fly above me. And I saw nighthawks, which I had seen like in close and through the binoculars and like when I was birding. And then I saw them again overhead and they have distinct way of flying and bird or like patterns on their wings. And just laying with the ground, like feeling like one, I was really connecting and I felt like peaceful. So all the previous associations with like cutting and destruction turned into like creativity and peace. And there was this bunny, the same bunny, my like blonde bunny, doesn't have a name yet, but um, hangs out on the lawn every day. And every time I look out, I swear it's looking at me. And the whole time I was mowing or like most of the time, I was like, two yards or like six feet, two meters away from it. And it was still like lawnmower on. And it was still just like looking at me. And I was like, are you feeling these crazy vibes? Like this. And like obvious you are because you're like a nervous system attached to the ground like I am. But dang, you seem to be okay with it. And I was like, what are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me to leave a patch for you? Like, so I did leave a little patch for it. And then... Uh, it just kept looking at me like the whole time, like super, I was super close until I got to that area where it was sitting and it like hopped away. So what else? Something about like the vibrations of the lawnmower, like were really cool. Where it's like, I'm vibing with the lawnmower. (laughs) And I'm like, I am this vibration. I'm just going to accept it. And that's how I felt when I microwaved my food yesterday. So after like a week of fasting, I'm like super sensitive. And so I'm like, I'm vibing with the microwave. And I even like did like beep, beep, like the same tones of when it was done. And that made me just feel, I guess, safe. Um, and then it is so rewarding to like see the lines on the lawn that are just, you know, like perfect. I made them perfect. So it's like funsies. Those are my thoughts on lonely. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, other thoughts I thought about money. <laughs> it's just joy, uh, ease and freedom. That's all. It's. And that's a, a wonderful, lovely thing to have. Yeah. One of the fun things that came through my mind was imagining money like a, a kid and like seeing it grow and playing with it and how much just like surprised I am by it and like how when it feels success, I feel success. And um, yeah, that's it. That was really fun. Okay, are we ready for the next step? Mm-hmm. All right. Hold a money in our hand. And what are the feelings that are coming up in us? I have to go get a money. Here's a minute of money sounds to ponder this.
Anything coming up? Um, it's a credit card. Um, I applied for a credit card for the first time in years and years and years and years. I haven't had one in a long time. And I applied for it. It was sent to me and I still have not activated it five weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, is so I, it was just, uh, a moment of, it's just a tool. Um, I'm a good steward that the mantra, I'm a good steward of money. I can trust myself with this. Uh, it's a tool, like a new tool. It can do wonderful things. Wow. It is money. So my first thought was it's not money. It's debt. Why would I hold money? Why would I hold debt? You know what I mean? But it's not debt. I got it. So I could, um, it has a lower interest rate than my, uh, the loan I took out for my basement, the waterproofing in my basement. And um, I can move that money, that loan to this and save a whole bunch of money in interest. So it is money. It's a tool that I can use to make money. Wow. <laughs> I am a good steward. It is money. Oh, my heart energy is just bursting. Okay. I had a fun one with this too. I... um imagined because i'm doing the fair next week like somebody handing me a dollar and uh, i also have change in my hand um and i felt shame and then yesterday while doing these meditations i, I was like i could tell that i feel shame in my tongue and my teeth and so i like um tried to find the joy in those spots. So the joy started coming out and I realized that it's the same feeling, the same uh, belief that I have with kids. Like why another kid in this world? Why another dollar? Like money is the source of, you know, problems. So shame kind of thing. And why do more? And then I imagined it as a kid and I'm like, oh, hi, thanks. Yeah, come hang with me. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to learn from each other and grow. And I'm so happy you're here. And like, yeah, let's party. Good. Super good. Money is... uh ease and freedom mm. any other thing that we have associated with it we can drop because it is freedom so that shame evolves into love yeah. oh the um i listened to something by Brené brown about shame and um Our go-to reaction to fix shame is to have more shame. So shame somebody out of shame. And uh, the better reaction for shame is love. Um, to allow space for all of that um, experience, the history of it, the now of it, the feelings of it. 
the the things that we want to admit, the things we don't want to admit, all of it, allow space for all of it, and uh, and just understand that it's all okay, it's all love, it's all good, um, and that is the best way to handle shame. Brilliant. That's interesting. Yeah, I felt that before. I felt somebody say shame, and then I said shame to somebody else. <laughs> in my head but still I was like what yeah it's a really really destructive emotion um guilt and is according to Brene Brown we have shame and guilt and they're similar but very different shame is destructive shame leads to uh negative things like addictions or not allowing yourself to behave in a full way, um, limiting yourself, caging yourself. Shame is not, shame is destructive. Guilt, on the other hand, is constructive. You can do something with it. And the, and the difference between shame and guilt is shame is I am something. I am bad with money. I am lazy. I am whatever. That's shame. Guilt is that was a bad decision. <laughs> I made a bad decision. That moment I was lazy. That moment and and that's how you can that's how you can do it do something with it. You can look at it as a as something that you can decide to do or not to do rather than adopting it as a part of yourself. I can see that. And that also or one of the things you said made me think of when I'm uh adopting the dollar bill from somebody else if i have shame attached to that transaction like we're literally like connecting like somebody's hand is on a dollar bill and my hand is on a dollar bill we're like physically connecting if i'm sending them the vibe of shame like then it's contagious so not only do i want to send them the vibe of love but also to be aware of their vibes coming over kind of thing and just send those love. Like, what do I do when I am approached with somebody else's shame or guilt, whatever about money? Yay. Okay. For this transition, I'm going to do sound effects. Yay. One more thing. Uh, Feeling through the Y, dollar bill. Oh, do this 20 minutes a day. Energetically feel into our goals. So that one more thing is a an assignment. <laughs> Good idea. So for me, my assignment is to spend 20 minutes or dedicate some time to remembering that Money is a tool that leads, that facilitates ease and freedom for myself and the people I love. Money is a tool. Money is a tool. And I'm a good steward of this tool. Yeah. And to give myself grace, um, I will allow myself to do incremental 20, incre incremental 20 minutes additive. So like every time I'm seeing a dollar sign, feeling a dollar, pulling something up, purchasing something, 
that will be my cue to feel into the why. To remember that, like, I'm a kid playing with kids and we're having a blast and we're growing and learning. Another way to think about it, or that I remind myself, is uh, we have generational money trauma. Somewhere along the line, somebody in our history had a lot of negative emotions towards money. Maybe fear, maybe the belief that there was never going to be enough, maybe the belief that um, money is hard to come by, or maybe even the belief that you have to work hard for money. Um, that's something that we inherited. And it's also something that we can choose to keep or choose to evolve into something else. And it's so nuts to me that all of these things you're saying, I also have the belief with kids, kids are a lot of work, hard work, <laughs> like kids are like, yeah. But yeah, the general, so it's the same thing of being a peace bomb of being like, my vibes are spreading. Other people are feeling them, including my ancestor role energy within my solar system. So this 20 minute a day or whatever increment a day of feeling into the why is importance beyond us. And as we are um, becoming more sensitive to it, we're going to not just our ancestral burden, but the cultural burden or cultural legacy of money conversations too. Like the one that comes to mind is this like antagonism of billionaires and just want to send love to billionaires. Just want to love them and be all like, we're kids, we're playing. Lots of kids want to play with you too. Like love them, love everything. That's a tough one for me. But I, I understand it, uh, the importance of it. Buenísimo. Any closing thoughts? I want to ask you some questions, but they're pretty personal, so I'm not recording. I can be brave. I'm in a safe place. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, why did you, why? So I'm getting the feeling like uh, love has been being loved, being actively loved by someone has been a, a topic on your mind. And I'm wondering why. Okay. It was a goal of mine in June to love every day, which I made a hundred percent. I did it every day, but um, it came with lots of evolution because each day I had a moment where I thought about like, like just that review time of like what point of the day was I feeling love or get like, yeah, just feeling it. And it was in like 
myriad circumstances. And so every time I had to expand my definition of love. Meanwhile, there's these cultural definitions of love, like we're hanging out with our family, who all have like a lot of associations with marriage. So my idea of love in conjunction with marriage was something that was like laden with responsibility. Like it was conditional because it's contractual. And so, yeah, I got that message from a seagull, just love. And I did, and it felt fabulous to just freely love. And then like, And there were other times in June, that was July, but there were other times in June where I'm like, I felt like my heart was just expanding and wide open. And I was like, Ooh, and I felt that yesterday. I feel this often now, but it was kind of new last month. And I was like, wow, this is intense. Like, and I'm just like, it's okay. It's okay. We trust us. We trust us. And to understand that like, not only is this sensation okay, but it's also like, if I'm feeling this, I do want the universe to feel this. So it's not conditional on, you know, the other person <laughs> or the object, but typically the other person in my case. Although this feeling has been experienced in conjunction with another person that doesn't create a contract, this, this is my body feeling this and I can feel it again. And I'm liberated to feel it whenever I want. So then uh, the other night we were at Folk Fest and they played a cover of the song Jolene. And a couple years ago, I was like really into the song. And I was like, Jolene, Jolene, um, please just take my man. And I thought that was super clever because it turned it over and made it feminist and then turned it into like a collaborative effort between me and Jolene. And then I told Curiel that and she was like, ha, smile. And I was like, oh, this joke needs to evolve. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you didn't get as much of a kick out of that as I did. And so when I was mowing, uh, I was singing it. And I was like, please just love my man. I want my man to be loved. And like, eventually I'll evolve my man into something else. But since it's like a cover of a cover, like spoofing it, I wanted to keep a little bit of attachment to the original. But please just love my man. Like, I want everybody to be loved, even if it's not like with me. And even if it's not with me, it feels kind of awkward to say because I know that love is just like everything and everywhere and whatever. But that's kind of the message that I would like to give my family too, is that it's abundant. Like this love I feel, like everybody gets it. You get it too. It's not mine. <laughs> like if you love this person, you get that love. I don't have any ownership of it because we're under contract. Like, enjoy, feel it, spread it. Um, that's what I want 
That's the goal. And uh, then that kind of felt like, I was like, wow, am I feeling something? Like, like I told you before, when one person, when, when couples break up, it's when one person felt the shift and then they said something. So there's a shift of that energetic connection. And just because I didn't feel it, like, doesn't mean it didn't happen. If that person is speaking their truth, like, what else are they going to speak? Because what else do we want but love? Like, not like, brilliant. Thank you. I don't feel that way, but I'm really grateful. I am juxtaposed to somebody so sensitive and communicative, and I will understand, I promise, like, in a way. Eventually, right now I understand logically. Eventually, I'll understand emotionally. <laughs> and then, uh, so I was like, "Oh wow, am I feeling some energetic shift to just like release like my relation, my contractual relationships, including sibling, including marriage, including best friends? You know, like verbal contracts. Like, am I releasing? Am I feeling an energetic shift before they are?" or while they are, or does that mean I'm feeling what they're feeling? And all of a sudden I got scared because I'm like, oh, it's not mine anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's the point. <laughs> like, uh, and then, and then that was like a day of being kind of scared. And then yesterday I was like, I felt that heart expansion again of like, yay, like more love, <laughs> more love for everybody. I feel it. Everybody feels it. It's abundant. I can have all these relationships, all these loves all these like experiences they're abundant and they're just like available for everybody and like good news like i'm okay with that <laughs> so just like it's like this evolution from like again logic turning into emotion or it's like a bodily uh algorithm or a bodily like reaction like the logic is that everything is made of love so all of these things are love like i knew that and then like trying to feel it especially in relationship to some of these cultural uh definitions like it's evolving i'm grateful for it Um, super cool side effect of doing the co-regulation thing. I have an eyeball to look at. <laughs> it makes it really, really simple to make eye contact. <laughs> it's like the shift, 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 shift. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That is. Right when you were saying that, I was looking at your left eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. I have an eyeball <laughs> You're right. It is easier. It's a hack for eye contact. And oh. it's not called eyes contact. True. True. So any feelings and thoughts on love? I assume that we are... Like, typically, whenever you talk about your problems, I'm all like, funny, those are my problems too. 
<laughs> so, so I'm wondering if you also have been meditating on love. Yes. So I have a very inconvenient love in my life. Um, <laughs> I have love for someone that I don't necessarily want. I like, I don't necessarily want it. Uh, and even saying that just shows me how silly this thought is. Um, yeah. So broke up and it was a very dramatic breakup. Breakup. And then I went to that Reiki session and she, uh, I told the Reiki lady uh, about it. And she was like, of course it was dramatic. Anything that was that sudden and that passionate, she could feel the passion. Anything that was like that much passion is going to have that much passion all the way through it. There's, there's only, <laughs> there's, there was only one way to do that. And it was dramatic. Um, and, and then come back to Indianapolis and uh, have to do some, um, some really basic working together to get him his stuff out of my house. Uh, you know, very basic. And, and honestly, I wanted to be in control of all of it. So I packed up all of this stuff, put it in my car and drove it to his, his place new place and thinking that if I was in control, I would be totally safe. Nothing would go, nothing would go any kind of way that I didn't, I wasn't expecting um, because I'm in control. <laughs> I can go, I can drop it off and I can leave and it's perfect. And that is absolutely not what happened um, at all. Uh, like it was just like I arrive and then, emotion like um and loving emotion happy emotion like uh similar to how I felt when when I saw Aunt Diane like oh it's you <laughs> you know the, this is such a lovely reunion Uncle Ron oh it's you you know uh and very much inconvenient, very much um, inconvenience, right word. It doesn't fit with the story that I've been telling. That it doesn't fit with the story I've been telling myself. It doesn't fit with the story I've been telling any of my loved ones. It doesn't fit with any story. It's wildly inconvenient. Um, but it's there. So now what do I do with it? Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the can I just let this love exist, um, that feels dangerous to me because I've already done that. I've already gone down that path. I've already gone down the path of let's see what happens with this love. And it turned out to be not great for me. Um, do I like try to stifle this love? Do I try to, what, I mean, I don't know. What do I do with it? What do I do with love I don't want? Or what do I do? Not necessarily don't want. What do I do with love that is, uh, doesn't doesn't feel safe. By the way, it doesn't feel safe for him either. So <laughs> we both have these like this of emotion together, and it's like fire feeds off each other. You know, I feel his, he feels mine, and then it just gets bigger and bigger. And uh, uh, and neither of us feel real safe with the other one. 
can love exist without feeling safe? Or if not, what is this? What, you know, what's going on? Truly what's going on? Where are they good? Even when I'm like extra controlling of the situation. It still goes ways that I don't expect it to or didn't want it to. It reminds me of the idea of a contract, like the control and the contract are similar in our stories. I think that's what makes me feel the most unsafe about it because I don't want to be owned. I don't want to be uh, someone's girl. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, that's not, that doesn't feel, I don't want that. And I don't know how to have a loving relationship with somebody without the ownership that goes into it. Maybe I do know how, and I... Maybe we can bring this full circle. So what is the relationship with money? Is it ownership? No. Well, I mean, I like temporary ownership, you know, if it's in my account, I have control of it for a moment, you know, until I figure out something to do, or maybe I have control of it for a long time because it's in my account. Um, But that's not really the purpose of money. Money's purpose isn't just to sit there. Money's purpose is for ease and freedom. Seems like there's something brilliant between those two connections. I'm just not seeing it. Maybe there can be ease and freedom within controls. Like, if we consider controls adversity, adversity requires creativity. So, I guess be grateful for that adversity and for this ability to be creative Um, might help, but there's more. Uh, That's enough for me right now. That feels good. Adversity is a need for, or it's the call to creativity. That's exactly, I think what the moment is. It's calling for creativity. I want, I, I, I have a wiser option is to accept the feelings that I'm having, you know, accept. Yeah. Accept instead of like, feel, try to hide them or lie about it or, you know, anything that I felt like doing over the last 20, (laughs) like I had him leave before midday mindfulness. So you wouldn't see (laughs) 
that's a shame and hiding and lying uh, because I have, I don't, I don't know. So, and I, I, I have the feeling that the wiser choice or perhaps the healthier choice would be to accept it. Just understand that this is a moment of adversity that requires creativity and honesty in all the ways. I just had a, an example of that in real time. I put my foot up on a chair and my hand on the back of the chair and it's helping me stand up. And before I was like swaying side to side and I felt like I, I realized while you were talking that I was like gripping the chair and like my toes were um, not relaxed. And then I'm just like, wow, this chair is here. Cause I'm like, I, I should be standing was the thought that goes through my head. I should be moving. I should be letting the energy move through my body. Um, but what's happening is that the chair is helping. And I'm like, I don't want your help. I'm just taking it. <laughs> and then I relaxed and I let the chair help me. I was like, oh, we're in a supportive relationship right now. Thank you. I like my body needed you and you were there to help. And I'm sending you love now instead of guilt and shame. Um, that's it. So I wonder, it must be like, for me, this association with like being helped is shameful. I feel guilty. Some combo of those two. Which means that I feel it in my toes and fingers too. Oh, delivery. This is a good time to cut it off. Um, I, I want to go potty. Bueno. Adios, amigo. <laughs> All right. Love us. Love us. Muchas gracias. Oh, and midday mindfulness is typically, uh, we like to keep it, <laughs> we just say it maybe as a joke that it's 15 minutes because um, it can be. <laughs> but if we get into it, we stay in it. All right, signing out with love. For this sound.